You're with Julian on the brown notes and rest in peace, Queen Elizabeth II. Amen. Um, so a very belated and I'm sure with wall-to-wall media coverage, highly unwanted look at the Queen Empire and King Charles. Well, the response has and the and the and the media reporting of the response has been pretty fascinating. But it she is the most famous person on earth. Um, she is the bridge from World War Two to the modern era. Um, she was sworn in as queen with Winston Churchill on the throne, and lived to see Boris Johnson. <laughs> And the idea that he probably thinks he's Winston Churchill. So it is a massive event, um, obviously. Um, the, my, I'm a complete lefty, socialist, tree-hugging hippie, as I've said many times. So my own personal opinions of the royal family are probably uh, complicated. I suspect a lot of people are. I mean, everything has to be so binary now it's like you have to hate the royals and everything they stand for because you're a lefty and it doesn't really work like that for me i mean in in one way um this whole notion that there's leeches on the on britain is garbage i mean no one ever quantifies the amount of money that american tourists spend or tourists from around the world spend london either the first second or third most visited city in the world how many billions of pounds the royal family as a brand have generated for the United Kingdom on a fiscal level. And if I look at the effects of money on the country, you know, this old school money has nothing on modern capitalism for me and economic neoliberalism that actually affects everyone. Um, so the, the response, uh, the media can only handle binary responses because it looks for call and answer all the time. So it's massively amplified certain voices. For instance, everyone's going on about um, Irish Twitter and black Twitter as though that means anything at all. If I wanted to post something negative about the Queen, I would put hashtag Irish Twitter or black Twitter on it. It's amplifying a certain voice. If you looked at the crowds in Scotland, in Edinburgh, march uh, standing alongside waiting for the um, the procession carrying the casket, you would see that the idea that the Scottish and the, you know, the the Irish and all of that unanimously hate the Queen is just crap. It's just absolute rubbish. And the idea that you know everyone in the Anglo sphere worships her is rubbish as well. Or that the same thing isn't true of an individual on multiple levels. Um, the, there's this notion as well from a lot of the more activist quarters, you know, all the Anglos are worshipping the Queen. I guarantee if you go through Africa, India and the Caribbean, you will see an incredible outpouring of grief in those countries, multiple days of mourning. And there will be people that are really, you know, wanting to focus on the British Empire and its legacy. But there will also be an enormous outpouring of grief. Uh, the one thing that hasn't really happened here is there's none of that surprise angle. So this is a death that has been something that people are, are relatively comfortable grieving about. It's no shock here at all. Uh, 96 years old possibly could have happened at any point in the last 20 years. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the person herself as well, transcending their whole notions of office, I don't have any problem with her. I can't imagine what it must have been like to be 20 what 22 years old 
and assume that level of responsibility forever. The, the fact that you get that level of responsibility by your parent dying, that you don't then crawl into a little ball, you have to front the entire world, as Giles has just did as a 70-odd-year-old. She did it as a 22-year-old, if it was 22. So there's, you know, that's an incredible amount of pressure. Post-war Europe, European rubbles, and you're dealing with the death of your father, and you only really knew that you were going to become queen because your father's brother abdicated a few years before that. It's a lot to have on your plate, and there's not, you know, you, she. what can she do? If she backed out of that role, someone else takes it. But really, I mean, it's 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 kind of like you're crapping on everything that you've been raised on. There's also lots of misconceptions about her wealth. She can't sell Buckingham Palace. She couldn't, like, put it on Gumtree and rent out rooms. She doesn't own this stuff. She is undoubtedly incredibly rich, but the majority of her possessions are not hers. They're the crowns, and she is a custodian. And the next person gets them. She doesn't own the crown jewels. These are all part of the estate of the crown. They belong to the British people. So there's this notion that, you know, every, you know, every silver carriage she rides around in, none of that stuff is actually hers. And there's also a misconception about her role. Um, it's a ceremonial role. It has been ceremonial for a very long time. To a degree from the introduction of the Westminster political system in the 1700s where we went to a democracy and then we bounced back to being a bit more of a monarchy democracy. But the monarchy has had no impact in politics other than at a um, symbolic level for a, for a very long time. When Gough Whitlam was um, deposed in a coup in Australia, which is a coup, it was a coup. It was really the um, a combination of America and the Liberal Party in this country, more than it was Britain or the Queen, even though people say it's, a, you know, the Governor-General represents the Queen. The Queen just is, is so far in the background uh, and... She, she, people say she turns a blind eye as though she can enact policy to stop things happening. And that's not true. She can rubber stamp or not rubber stamp things, but ultimately she can't act diametrically to any political decisions being made. Um, so her, you know, and, and the British Empire itself receded from view... Uh, by the Second World War, her role in empire has to oversee the biggest shrinking of the British Empire since it was raised up. She has overseen a period where more countries have got their freedom from the British Empire than any other royal. And she's done nothing to build that up. In fact, the Commonwealth itself, I think, is actually quite an interesting proposition at the moment. Because... There is a level playing field across the major components of the Commonwealth, and it's kind of nice to have a major world body that isn't America, China, or Russia. It's kind of nice. And there are there's at least two countries that have been trying to, trying to join the Commonwealth. There's this notion everyone's leaving it. That's not actually been what's been happening. And I think if people mistake um, a love of... The history of the Queen with the idea that, you know, they're, they're ignoring British 
imperial history, however bleak that was. But that's not true either. I think a lot of the people that have lived from that era in India, in Africa, in the Caribbean, have seen what replaced the British Empire not be that great. The level of corruption and totalitarianism in certain countries in Africa um, and self-serving politicians, you know, doing the bidding of foreign powers and, you know, the highest bidder has probably turned them a little bit cynical against the idea of uh, independence and freedom not being always what it's cracked up to be. Um, so it's understandable that they look back with a little bit more fondness. <coughs> I find the whole notion of empire to be a little bit disingenuous. There has always been empires. There's been the Egyptians, the Greeks, the Romans, the Abyssinians, the, you know, the Mongols. There have always been empires that have conquered lands, often by, usually barbarically, subjugating those people to slavery and taxes and so on. It isn't just something that the British Empire did, but the British Empire is almost the last modern variant of empire. So they get all the blame for empire, but Britain was invaded for 400 years by the Romans. Everywhere has been invaded by someone else. It's not unique to i think there's this idea of british racism of white racism associated with empire but britain was invaded multiple times the angles the celts the romans the normans never left it isn't something that has been ascribed to uh, a race it's just this modern era of history it has been britain and america that has been the dominant ones over the last you know three four hundred years all European nations like Spain and Portugal, France and Germany, obviously. But before that, it's just whoever's strongest. There, is a, there isn't a racial predisposition to empire. There is a human predisposition to conquering and enslaving and raping and pillaging, which every culture does. Even, the, you know, you can go to the monks in Tibet. They were barbaric Buddhist monks before... You know, around 100 years ago, they, they ruled that country with an iron rod. There, it's almost a human propensity for barbarism and empire. So, and we ignore the fact that the modern empire is money, is capitalism, and America and the military-industrial complex, and the impact that's had on the world. People don't conquer countries like they used to with the British Empire, which is why it kind of gets this synonymous nature with empire. They don't need to anymore. There's just this economic control of countries, economic barbarism. Um, so I think the whole notion of tying her up with something that she wasn't part of and every country on earth is probably as guilty of at some part in their history. Most people in the world live on lands that belong to other people go from the top of Canada down to the bottom of Argentina and find me somewhere where that's not true. The entire Western Hemisphere was conquered. So that's one side of it. The other side of it is King Charles III. This is very interesting. He spent most of his life um, being looked down on by people. Uh, there was a period probably in the early 80s and that where he was, you know, the whole early before Diana and then the early years of Diana, 
where he was very popular, but he spent much of his life being unpopular. And one of those reasons is actually a really good one, which is going to help him no end. And that is because he was deemed to be an eccentric lefty because he went into bat for the environment and or for action on climate change decades ago. That is looking pretty cool now. So he's got it in the neck up until the modern era for um, the death of Diana as well. That looked, you know, that <coughs> turned the world against him. She was worshipped, all of that stuff. Um, even though the press hounded her continually while she was alive, they apparently worshipped her ever since. The other thing he's got going, and it's really important in the modern era, is is genuine kindness. He comes across as pretty kind. And I think that will endear him. I think people are very sniffy when it comes to the, the you know, insincere people, rude people now that occupy the, you know, people like Donald Trump, basically. That kind of sort of lying rudeness. Uh, he comes across as very insincere and quite um, kind. And the way that he came through dark times uh, and looked, you know, he was seen as being very sort of nice towards his children. I think the public really warmed to him. So... I think that's held him in good stead, as he's having a lot of dirt on him. The fact that he went through that huge failed marriage, lots of hatred from the public, and, and stuck by his one true love, I think actually has made him, the public, very endeared towards him. More than you would never have said so 20 years ago. Everyone was screaming, even 10 years ago, you know, bypass Charles, make William King, but... I reckon he's probably going to get a lot of warmth from the public. So what in the what's the future for this whole sh shebang? I think, ironically, the, the royal family having less political power now, virtually none, but being the most famous family in the world in an era where we are more obsessed with celebrity than at any point in human history, I think that that is going to make the brand very, very strong. I mean, look at the Queen. 22 or whatever the age was. I don't have my internet with me, unfortunately. How many CEOs have outperformed the Queen? She took over that brand and led it for 70 years. How many CEOs have a performance record like the Queen where they can say that they took up a product at the end of a tumultuous world war took it through the moon landings and the computer age and the press turning from being slavishly over you to being viciously attacking you to you know the fallout from diana coming out the other end with the brand exactly this as strong as it was before in a completely different world no one can compare to the queen's performance in office or as a CEO of a company, no one can come close. So I think the, the brand is actually really strong. I don't agree that the problem with the Republican votes is the same as voting against Donald Trump. People on one side will all vote one way. People on the other side will vote 50 different ways because they can't agree what they want out of a republic. Now we've got, I think, a very popular royal family because there's so much focus on celebrity it would be really difficult to get the Republic across the line in, um, in Australia. So I'm afraid we are stuck with our very well-spoken Kardashians. Uh, 